This is Dean Patino, founder of Firestarters Company. You're about to become a better leader with Bob Nolly and the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Let's light this up. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, now. Here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome to episode 14 of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. In this corner, Alex Mossa. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Bob? Yeah, should I, let's go back. Should I do that again? I thought that was a nice opening. I, I liked <laughs> it. I liked it. that guy that has a, you know, are you ready to rumble? Who is that? Michael. Oh. Uh, I can't come do up. I'm gonna do, do you want me to do the, um, what's it? The, the jock jams. I'll do the. All these folks, no, nice folks that did that. our opening for us, they are going, no, please don't do that. <laughs> well, you never know. Hey, we, you know, we had a great conversation the show before last on uh, communication. We started opening up the communication theme here. And that one was about, Reminding leaders that there are now more millennials, Gen Yers, than there are boomers. So you need to take that into account when crafting your communication. But, uh, you know, today I thought we'd take a look at the other angle, the inverse, reverse, converse angle, being uh, what if you're a millennial leader and you got boomers working for you? So it's, I'm sure it's a rough place to be. I've never been in that that situation myself, but even being in any sort of a leadership role in my early 20s, now I'm in my mid-20s, it's still it's still hard for me. Um, I, I think that there's, there's certain things that you have to really remember uh, when you're speaking to a general audience, I mean, in, in any form, but especially from a leadership position, because you really need to be respected as a young person in your whatever industry you may be in. Yeah, Lindsay Pollock has a nice article here that I'll link up in the show notes, which will be labradorleadership.com slash 14. Woo, 14. Yeah, 14. Yeah, we, you know, we celebrated number 10. So 14, we're heading down the road. Here we go. Uh, And, you know, when I look at these, you know, her her list is well-grounded and and well-thought out. But I go, geez, sometimes I'm... I'm guilty of these. So maybe that makes me feel younger. I don't know. Here's one thing she says. If you are a millennial leader and you have a broader audience working for you or with you, watch out for speech patterns that make you sound too young. Like, mm, and like, and you know, and awesome. Ooh, awesome is... I, I'm guilty of awesome sometimes because sometimes people say things and they really are awesome. But you have to remember that those are all words that uh, they, they hold no clout in the, in the professional world. You know, you're going to say awesome and they, they see, people see right through that. I mean, you say awesome, but you could say great. You could say, I really agree with that. And it would, it would be a little bit more uh, acceptable, I suppose, in the workplace. I, I remember uh, I remember being at a social event 
uh, in, let me see if I can put my finger on a year, like, okay, the mid eighties, I'll just call it 85. And, uh, I was spending the evening with another couple that were a bit younger than me. And that's where I first heard the word awesome. I mean, that was, that was the guy's buzzword. He just went awesome. And I'd never heard it. And I just howled and I picked it up myself. I know, I know I've used that on this show already. I oh. know I've already used it many times. Awesome has taken a, has gotten a foothold in the vocab. Yeah, it's okay. That's how I am with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love absolutely. What was the word we used before? Awesome. Fine. Great. Cool. I I can't quite come up with it. Was it spiffy? Spiffy. Oh, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I never use spiffy. Uh, so if you use. You know, I never go. There are lots of podcasters that will go through their takes and take out all the, um, uh, you know, and take out all of that stuff. I, I don't do that. You know, I've got reasons to not do that, but I, I leave them in there because remember the whole the whole premise for the show is you're going to come sit on our porch and have a drink and talk about leadership stuff. So that kind of program, we don't we don't edit that stuff out. You know, if the dog comes here and bark, you know, the dog's getting on the air. That's just the way it works. If, if I sneeze, it's getting it's going to get on the air. <laughs> okay. All right. And I won't <laughs> say anything about it either. So, <laughs> so if you come from the Gen Y millennial perspective, are, are, are you really that subconscious about going, you know, and gnarly and, you know, awesome? Is that a problem? It, it's something that drives me insane. When I was um, still in communication school, I just said, um you know, in, in my, my regular pattern. But when I would give presentations, which happened all the time, I would try to restrict my little stutter words is what I call them. It's, it's when you're thinking and you really need a filler. I try to take a, a moment and use that moment to breathe because I'm a motor mouth and I'll forget to breathe. So I am very guilty of using words like I, um, like, you know, uh, and there's other modifiers as well that, you know, I use all the time. But what always killed me was when someone would stand up for a presentation and you would hear, um, and like, and I would start to count. And it was something I picked up from one of my mentors. Um, I, you know, I still do it, but it was something I picked up from one of my mentors was she would count when we were giving presentations, how many ums and likes. So I started doing it in some of my other classes and it was painful. People would give a five minute presentation. They would say, um, like, or, you know, 50 times. And if, if you wanted, if you wanted to eliminate that from your vocabulary, if you recognized it was a problem for you, how would you, how would you go about getting rid of it? What I did was I, I constantly have to say, Alex, breathe, breathe. You know, whoever you're communicating with will still be there in 30 seconds. They'll still be there in five seconds. And it's something that I'm such a rushed human being, especially um, when I'm speaking. I'll throw an um in there and I try to get to the next word quickly. And it's if I just paused and I didn't say um, it would probably be easier for me to finish the sentence. I'd get my port my point across more clearly. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, there are times when you can ask somebody, "How did it sound? How did I, how did I do?" And they'll go, "They'll go, you were awesome." 
And so that's you, something that I do every time that we get off of, every time we go off air, the first thing I do is I say, Bob, how was that? <laughs> how did I do? Did I do okay? Did people give you feedback about me yet? You know, so it, it's, I know I use these modifiers. I'm, I'm 25 years old. It's sometimes it's hard for me to get my point across, uh, especially to an audience such as ours that are so well-grounded and so experienced in you know, the business leadership communications industry or lifestyle, really. I can can hear it now. There are hundreds of people, thousands of people listening to us now going, she's flattering me. (laughs) I I really hope that there's thousands of people listening to us. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to flatter them so that they keep listening and keep enjoying our podcast. Because if they're listening, that means we're doing something right. Hopefully there's a thousand people listening right now. That'd be amazing. And if, and there are, which means we're being successful at this other point too, which is communicating in the style that they are most comfortable with or most accustomed to dealing with. And that's something that going into this podcast really, you know, stressed me out because this podcast, this topic that we're talking about right now, this is you and I basically, uh, yeah, you know, I'm communicating in your audience style in your realm. And I'm trying to kind of, take leaps and bounds to, to kind of meet you halfway and meet our listeners so that we can all be on the same, on the same page. Alex, it, it's your realm now. It's your realm. Oh, now. Oh, we're just flattering our, each other and our <laughs> listeners. We're really being cute today. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about that at all. This is a really, a really special moment. I, I, uh, but I think, go ahead. I think the way that, um, that we're communicating, you know, this, this podcast where we want people to feel like they're down home in the South on a, on our porch. I think it's important because there's so it's so often that you're speaking about business leadership communication and you're doing it through email. You're doing it through texting. You're doing it through the phone. And it really is, you know, it gives you kind of a more formal tone with your communications. If you can actually, you know, meet your audience there instead of these very casual interactions. That's a great point. You have to know the the best communication will end up happening if you know what their preference is. And I guess this would be on an individual basis and, you know, meet them there in that media. Because even if you, even if you would prefer to do email because you could kind of get organized a little bit better and keep control of who comes first and who comes second. If the other person would rather talk on the phone, dial them. Absolutely. Dial them, meet them, meet them where where they are. That goes back to the whole finger in the dirt thing as well. You know, I I remember, uh, you know, when, when email was, you know, just up on the horizon in terms of, uh, in terms of, being widespread throughout corporate America when I was, uh, I think I was in the middle of a job search at some point and uh, somebody that was coaching me said, here is the question you asked. They always talked about dealing with the gatekeepers. You were trying to get to the, to the hiring manager and there was an administrative person there at the time and you'd want to get through them. And the question he said was, does he do email or does she do email? 
or is she uh, available early in the morning? You were just trying to find out where the soft spot was in the day that you could crowbar your message to and whether it be email, there was no texting at that point, or uh, or by phone and what they preferred. So that's even, even roll forward to today, you know, find out what they like and give it to them right there. I think it really goes back to our previous discussion about um, the way that you're going to get your message across, kind of the the, the chunking, the in, inverted pyramid, that you really have to, you have to get it to them in the fastest way possible. And you have to gain that attention um, in, in a really short span of time. You know, you don't have, you don't have much time to get your point across these days. So it's the difference between, for me, writing a press release and creative writing. You have to just get it out there. You know, the kind of complicated language, um, all the the flourishes that that I would put on something that I was writing for for myself isn't what I would be writing for an employer that said, hey, Alex, can you put this information out there? Because I want that information to be short, sweet, and to the point. If I can get it across in two sentences, I'm about it. There's some balance there that gets called for, I think. You know, we've said shorter is better. And whereas, you know, I think, you know, on the the last communication show, I talked about brevity is better. And, you know, in the past where you you wrote longer memorandums, you, you just can't do that anymore. But there's a balance, I think. I'm not saying that's wrong. But there's a balance, I think. I try to write so when people are reading me, they hear my voice if they've heard me already. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's much easier in casual writing or fiction or something like that. You know, and in business writing, too, I think it's when you're writing to colleagues, you want them because they've been with you and they know you. When you write, think you want them to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. And when you get shorter than all the words that let them hear your voice, you know, you probably end up editing out. So that's one I struggle with. Shorter is better. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it is, you know, when we're using um, technology and we're using email, we're, we're, we're using, um, you know, texting or, or some sort of a a digital report. You know, I, I really think that, you know, when it's short, it's, it's good because that leaves more, less up to interpretation. You know, if you're face to face and can look inside some and look into someone's eyes, there's a, there's a level of trust and understanding that you're going to get from that where you can make sure that when you're done with your statement, you can say, do you understand what I'm saying? Or do you agree? Which when you're just going to be, um, you know, using, email or something, you, you would have to do a follow-up. You would have to, to then put in a different, a second paragraph or a, uh, an additional sentence at the bottom saying, you know, get back to me on this, on whether, on your thoughts and your feelings. And you don't have that kind of, that look of an acknowledgement. You know, when someone looks in your eyes and, and you understand that they understand what you're saying. Yeah. If, if we have a preference for email or texting or whatever our preference is, if that person is just down the hall or around the corner. I don't mean out of the building. I mean, on the same floor, just walk over there. Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, you and I text a lot and I know that you text your son. Um, and 
you know, I, I think that you're kind of uh, ahead of the curve for someone that just turned 60 this week, which I'm sorry, Bob, I had to put it out. <laughs> there goes the odds. There it goes. Everybody listen. That's the sound of people turning off their, Oh my gosh, there we go. It's okay, okay. It's okay. Thank you, know, you very I'm, much. That's very generous. Thank you. I'm 25. You're 60. We're meeting halfway here. Some, our, our podcast is about, I don't know, 38, 39, 40, between 38 and 41 years old. You mean our listeners? My oh no, no. no, we've got we got we've got we've got listeners in your demographic. Good. Easy. Easy. That's what I like here. I wasn't talking about our demographic. I was talking about collectively. That's our age. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Okay. But I did I did some math there in my head that I've I that's why I went to communication school and not <laughs> um well, calculate the standard deviation of that. No, don't do that. No, no please yeah. nobody email us about how terrible my math was or how old we are as a uh, a team. You know, it's not that's not important. Oh, pe- people um, <laughs> people my age don't know what a podcast is. That's not true. My dad <laughs> downloads our podcast. He just turned 62. Fine. Oh, great, great. 60 also. He's he's so mad at me when I say 62, like comma, the word two. And he's like, no, I'm not 62. I'm 60. He's 60 also. Oh, I see. Um, but, you know, how do you feel about, about when, you know, a colleague of yours or someone on your team uh, texts you about something that is fairly important? Uh, I, I like texting a lot and I use it a lot. If I get a text from a colleague about something that where I, where I make the judgment, the texting is not the appropriate channel. I, I will respond and say, I will call you later or I'll come over and see you and we'll just go from there. Because, you know, I, I like, you know, I kind of have a, a code, you know, not just a text shorthand, but a code I send to people, you know, it's just like kind of a 911 flag that says, I'm coming after you. I need to talk to you right now. And I'm not going to have that conversation or even send the core of the message through a text because I, I want to go uh, eye to eye or knee to knee with them to deliver it. This is what started this, this whole thing. This is what started my interest in this whole topic, uh, some time ago was that article I read by David Pogue, who's a tech writer at the time for the New York times. And, uh, uh, another time I'll tell you about a book he wrote on Twitter, but, uh, he got to a ball game with his son and he was meeting his brother-in-law or his brother and his son at at the stadium. And it's a big major league stadium. Oh, at city field. And, and, you know, I write it there in Queens. Isn't that where the Mets play? Aren't they in Queens? I have no idea because I haven't been able to go to a professional ball game in this city uh, yet. Okay, there you go. Add that on your list. That's going to happen soon. No, okay. I sound so angry about yeah. that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so uh, he he just said he didn't know if he was supposed to call him, if you should have called him on the phone or emailed him or texted him. And this is about 10 years ago this happened. And, you know, the technology at that time was just exploding so fast. You know, what what are the rules? My rule, I said, told him, just get the message out. You're trying to get to your seats for the start of the game. But now in the work world, it's a, it's a little bit more tedious. I have a lot of people at work texting me. And listen to what we've done here. We have instant messaging platforms that are on the corporate grid, like uh, 
what is the Microsoft one? Link, uh, L-Y-N-C, or there's, you know, the AOL version that folks use to do instant messaging. I mean, you've got email, but now we're adding this other tool of instant messaging there. In my desktop, I've just switched that puppy off. You could just push it into the mail pile or call me if it's more important because I just cannot manage another channel during the day. I'm managing the face-to-face. I'm managing the phone. I'm managing email. I'm managing text. I'm happy. I'm proud of that. Don't give me another one. Don't give me another one. Are you offended by that? No. Okay. Absolutely. I'm not offended by much, though. No, I didn't mean offended. I mean, does that make sense? Or or are you going, now you sound 60 years old. Oh, stop. (laughs) I met you there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so, you know, text is okay. Maybe, but figure it out. And you know, you know, Lindsay wraps up this article. I feel that it might be a case by case basis. It is case by case. I'm almost certain of it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, give yourself, give yourself grace to figure it out. What, what's right and what's wrong. Give yourself time to practice it because what you want to do is not be the hippest, the coolest, or even the fastest. You want to be as effective as you can be in that organization. Now go back to that key phrase. You want to be able to write, you know, that I'm effective communicating at every level of this organization. And you know, that means you got to figure out how you deal with the president, how to get to him, how to talk to him how to hit him in a way that he's receptive to the important message you have for him. But you're not going to go at, do it day one right after you've signed your tax forms and insurance papers. You're not going to know how to do that day one. It takes time to, to practice. It takes time to practice. So what do you think? Have we done it? Uh, yeah, I really, like I said, I, I think that this, this topic hits so close to home for me because it is something that I deal with every day being 25, trying to, you know, 25 going on 60. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm trying to be this, this young adult professional, but it it doesn't, you know, sometimes I just want to send a text about things and I don't want to deal with things head on, but I really do think, you know, I had an experience earlier this week where I got to sit down with someone that I've only spoken to on the phone um, about, a job and about uh, their industry. I've only spoken to them on the phone and to be able to sit down face to face, two feet from someone and look them in the eye made me feel so much better. Okay. So then you jumped right into the most channel rich media channel right there, face to face. And Mm -hmm. I bet you knocked them silly, didn't you? Oh, well, here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. You know, there there was a point in the conversation where, you know, he said to me, well, you really have to be a people person for an industry like this. And I started laughing and I said, have we not, have you not caught on that? I'm kind of a people person. And we both, you know, we both just lost it. Cause I can't, you know, me with my background in comedy and, and I don't know, all sorts of just, I just love speaking to people. I love whether it's into a podcast microphone, into a microphone, on a stage, whether I'm writing an email, I love communicating with people. And it's something that really kind of gets me going. So that when I get to sit down and and have that face-to-face 
interaction, it's like, yeah, it's like being home, you know, it, it feels so nice to me. Um, and I think that that's something that it, I, I definitely had to learn over time because it, it's when I was younger, it, only a couple of years ago, maybe even a year ago, I would be so uncomfortable to cold meet uh, a, a colleague that I'd never met before that I'd only done, um, you know, uh, online correspondence with. I, I wouldn't know how to bring myself to the table in the most professional way. And it's something you have to, you have to groom yourself for it. And so this, you know, this topic hit so close to home with me that I just, I mean, you can tell I kind of, I light up when I talk about this kind of stuff. So, well, and that simple fact alone will serve you well, not only in your career, but throughout your entire life. Oh, such a touching podcast. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's wrap this up. Episode 14 is in the books. Alex, thank you very much. Thank you, Bob, as always, for having me. Oh, my goodness. You're driving the boat. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) episode 14 is in the books. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Many thanks once again to Lindsay Pollock for her article on the seven communication tips for millennial leaders. You can find a link to her article in the show notes at labradorleadership.com slash 14. We'll see you next time.